For some marketers, climbing the ladder to be an executive is the number one priority. But for our guest today, he has zero interest in being a manager. He has perfected his role as a successful independent contributor over the past 10 years. And he's got some really good reasons why being an independent contributor on your marketing team could be your next career move. Hey, fellow marketers, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co, your number one resource for advancing and accelerating your marketing career. Quick thanks to our premier sponsor, that is LinkedIn Learning. Now, if you're asking yourself, hey, what are the next marketing hard skills I should be focusing on? Uh, here's the answer. Check out themarketinghelp.co forward slash LinkedIn Learning, and there you'll find a curated list of all the, the marketing hard skills courses you should be focusing on. All right. It's now time for another Career Moments episode. Great guest today. His name is Jack Joe Keenan. Now, Jack is the Senior Customer Success Manager at Okta. Okta is a leading identity, identity and security software provider, so definitely check them out. Now, Jack's got a great background. He's worked at different size companies in, in different types of marketing roles, uh, so goes deep about the experiences there, which are great. Now, he even enjoys performing as a stand-up comic at Open Mic Nights. And he talks about how those skills help him with his presentations and client management skills. Uh, so just a lot of great information to share. He also gives some tips on how to create some serious demand for your marketing skill sets uh, and how to actually become a successful independent contributor on your marketing team. And yes, it is possible for you to create an enjoyable independent contributor role for yourself. It is possible. And Jack's going to talk more about that. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Jack Jokinen. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. Uh, welcome our guest today, Jack Jokinen from uh, Senior Customer Success Manager at Okta. Jack, welcome to the episode. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So, so Jack, as you know, these are Career Moments episodes, and our audience loves to hear uh, stories, insights, tips from those in the marketing field. And I love your background. I love your story in terms of where you've been and what you're doing, um, you know, a lot of great projects you've been tied to. So let's start by just having you go through your career path. And when I look at your LinkedIn, I see there's a lot, of, a nice little um, uh, sampling of, you know, you got some agency, you got some tech, you got some in-house, you've got some freelancing. So take us back as far as you want. I don't know, uh, university, you know, what got you into marketing type career and then take us through where you are today. Yeah. So. I think I was like, uh, so I wasn't a good student. I went to Drexel. I, I know you're an instructor there. Uh, I wasn't a great student. I was one of those people who went to college because it was the next step. That's just what right. you do after high school. Right. So I wasn't laser focused in what I wanted to do. Um, I studied sport management. I liked the idea of marketing. Like I thought commercials were cool. I didn't really think, you know, at that age, you're not really thinking it's kind of weird the way our society is where like at 18, you kind of decide this is what I want to do. Yep. So I just kind of went through school. I, I went, I graduated, but I graduated 2008. There were no jobs available anywhere. Uh, very first job I took was as a technology recruiter in New York at like a sweatshop. Like they didn't even give you your own computer. You just had a sheet of paper to call all day. I lasted, I think, six weeks. And I was just like, I can't do it. I, I spent too, I have too much money in student loans to be doing this. Yeah. So then I got a job at Yodel, which is now owned, I believe, by web.com. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, I was small, medium-sized businesses, SEO, SEM, making a lot of phone calls, um, you know, doing a lot of sales. Well, not doing enough sales, but trying to do a lot of sales. <laughs> and in that, I learned some sales training, basic sales training, uh, fighting through objections, trying to find solutions, uh, and, and really trying to take, hey, you should be someone who interacts with people as a career because you're funny, charming, whatever they tell you when you're younger and turn into real skills. So I took that sales training and then I jumped to a company called Stuzo who made the first consumer facing Facebook applications. Um, And I came in there making less money than I could live on, but for an opportunity in a guy's apartment to do some sales but there were only four of us. So once you sold the idea that you could, we could work for you, it became, what is the strategy of what we're going to do? Yep. And then how do you manage that account? So it was a lot of on-the-fly learning, a lot of let's roll our sleeves up and let's you know find a way to, to get things done. There weren't a lot of processes. There was a lot of let's figure out what works and then make that the process. Okay. Um, so at Stuzo... I was lucky enough to bring in a friend of both of ours, Jed Singer, sure. who I had gone to Drexel with. And he was a guy I you know, still stay in touch with around Philly, who he loved social. He was talking about social media all the time. And I said, you know, this is a guy that if I could get him in, now I have someone to kind of play with, yep. to go back and forth. We can learn together. We could figure this out because I'm on an island right now. And we got to do some really cool stuff over, you know, about two and a half years of, you know, reaching out to big businesses that, you know, HBO, Papa John's, big agencies like Digitas, learning how they work kind of on the fly, seeing how we could adapt to it. Um, and we eventually sold that company to, uh, to the Dotches Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Dotches started Razorfish back in the 90s. Uh, and after that, I... Uh, I got an opportunity to speak at South by Southwest in 2012. I was part of the Future 15 program nice. uh, where I talked a little bit about, you know, kind of what I did, where I thought social media was going, where I thought digital experiences were going. And it was the first time I really got to position myself as a, you know, a thought leader in the space. Uh, so I took that opportunity to go off on my own, do some contract work. Uh, for a company, the Conrad Group out of Toronto, who developed apps. Um, I then went on to work at Sprinkler, which I think a lot yeah. of people in marketing are going to know. Yeah. Um, did some, you know, uh, like social strategy, uh, solutions consulting. Again, it was very early in Sprinkler. So, I, you know, a lot of roll your sleeves up. You know, what can we do? How do we how do we go from being this small company of you know 16 people in a New York office to now I think they're valued at like a billion dollars. So good for them. I don't have any stock. Um and you know, then I, I just started taking kind of contract opportunities where I thought I could make a lot of money quick. That would, you know, at, at that point in my career was how can I make the most money as quickly as I can? So I worked at a um a PR firm. Uh running their social media for a bit. Um, I did some freelance work with publicists. Um, and then it finally became time. I, I really, I prided myself on bouncing around a lot when I was younger because I thought it gave me a lot of uh, different experiences. Yeah. Uh, like you said, tech, um, some agency work, 
you know, some just straight up marketing work. And I said, okay, I need to, I, I wanted to marry my wife. So I needed health insurance. I needed, you know, I needed to kind of slow things things down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I joined a, a company called TMP worldwide, which just renamed themselves as radiancy, I believe like a month ago. Okay. And they were a recruitment marketing agency based in New York that had been around since like the 50s. They actually started Monster uh, and then Monster spun off into a public company and they went back to being private. And I came in as someone who had a good social media and marketing background as a digital strategist uh, to try to help change the recruitment space. It's one of those things. If you don't work in that industry, if you don't, you, you don't think about it. You just apply for a job every once in a while. And if you're if you're good in marketing and uh, account management and things like that, you're probably going to get a lot of your jobs on referrals because you know people. You're making these connections. It's a very incestuous um, space, so you're going to see people again and again. Uh, but I. Learned a lot about how just like how recruiting works, how the the advertising of it works. And I was able to lend my knowledge into that space to help expand for some of our clients. But then I wanted to bring back kind of my startup experience, my tech experience. And they had a product called Talent Brew. Well, it's still called Talent Brew, which to not get too into the nuts and bolts of it, but takes your... All the jobs that you have, you know, if you're a company, you have jobs. How do you get them online? How do you get them found? You know, 90% of job searches start with the search on Google. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, a fairly new software and it had marketing components. So I immediately raised my hand, like, I want to work on this, building out this, this team of, you know, software client strategy. Um, And I spent about four years doing that working directly with clients to have the software meet their needs, tweaking the software, working with the software team, you know, internally, the product team to, to bring back ideas, bring back feedback, change the way we report. You know, I, I talk about it. I've talked about it in a couple of industries, um, recruiting being one of them, social media being the first. And now I work in identity access management for Okta managing um, accounts, doing customer success for Okta to help, you know, really the, you know, the top companies in the world. I work with NASDAQ. I work with Colgate. um, I work with Epic Games, you know, Fortnite, which is huge right now Hmm. um, on their identity and access management strategies. Um, And at times when it's not just workforce and it's consumer, I get to pull on some of those marketing, some of that marketing knowledge I have. And how do we pull in your marketing team? And how do we find our way, you know, through getting your customer access? You know, how do they learn about a new web page or whatever it may be? So I kind of, I got to do all of these things and watch them kind of evolve. And I, I go back to Social media, when we started making Facebook apps, Mm -hmm. you could pay us a a fair amount of money and we would tell you how many people registered. That was pretty much it. That was the metric. That's all we had. There were no influencers. When we got to, when I got to TMP and we were talking about, you know, jobs, how many people applied? We can tell you how many people applied, how many people went to your webpage. How do we dive in? How do we get it to be more? Spent a lot of time working on that. And now when it comes to identity access management, I get to play a role in shaping how we report out 
information of not just like how many people are, you know, logging in, where are they logging in from? What devices, what are the factors they're using? Um, and taking, and a lot of that, even though it's not as marketing as, you know, a straight up marketing campaign would be, sure. I get to use a lot of the thoughts that I had around reporting and improving to uh, like throughout my career. Sure. I like it. So um, a lot of good things there that I want to dive into a little bit, but when it comes to the role you're in currently, are you more of an independent contributor? Do you have a team working uh, with you? So I'm an independent contributor now. I've been a manager. It's one of those things where I've gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think there's a, a very popular meme going around now <laughs> that says like what I thought was important about jobs. And it was half was job title, half was salary. Yeah. And now it's like what really is important is some job title, some salary, some free wow. time yeah. to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, you know, I was I've been captain of baseball teams when I was younger. I was the president of my frat. I'm great at all that stuff. But when it comes to to professionally, uh, I like being an indi- independent contributor based on where I am right now in my career. It fits me because I, I have a lot of interests outside of work. Sure, sure. Now go back to the when when you heard uh, South by Southwest when I when I heard that you know I, w- I was there in 2014 and even then it was it was uh, I think it was probably it had already peaked but you're back there 2012 do you remember what you were giving out as the future of social media and what what was being talked about back then yes yeah, so what we did and working at Stuzo Jed played a role in this too we what we really did is there were maybe four or five of us who worked together all the time and came up with four or five ideas. And then we just kind of assigned them, Hey, you're going to submit this. You're going to submit this one. So I submitted, I got uh, submitting uh, the secrets to the user centric social media experience. And it was (laughs) the idea of using the letters Freud for his name. Sure. That what is motivates people are Mm -hmm. fame, riches, emotion, utility, or distraction when it comes to, online engagements. And it's something I use kind of every day in my life. You know, I think my time with Stuzo and kind of coming into the Dachis group, we got acquired and so did another company called X-Plane that did visual consulting, uh, change management stuff. And so we went through like one of their sessions to learn a little bit what they do. And they did this really cool exercise where they drew Bart Simpson Drew his head and said, give us all of these, uh, give give us one word descriptors of him. So you say brat, troublemaker, you know, things like that, because that's what he is. Right. And then they start drawing lines, you know, so you're isolating his eyes, his mouth, his head, his ears. And you say, well, what's he seeing every day? And you go, well, he's seeing his dad. He's seeing his mom. He's saying I carumba. He's hearing his dad yelling and all this stuff. And he's, he's not really a troublemaker. He's a troubled kid. Yeah. And it, it was empathy mapping. And that is probably the most powerful exercise I've ever gone through in my life or in my, in my career, but probably my life, because that helps shape some of the Freud stuff. It helps shape the way I interact with people on a day-to-day basis. And I really think it changed my career yep. because prior to that, and this was months, maybe six months before South by before like the application went in and everything. And I was very focused on 
how do I just get to the next level? I want to be a thought leader, you know, because that's what's cool, especially in like a new tech. You got to be a thought leader. Right. And I was pushing so hard to just like, well, how do I come up with like the best idea? And if I have the idea, then people will, you know, I'll get raises, promotions. People want to work for me. Every agency will want me. And I I wasn't thinking about the people that I'm interacting with on a day to day. And so that is the biggest thing, like, you know, when I think of my career, when I think of other people's careers, when people ask me for advice on careers, I say, whatever it is that you're, you're selling, you're supporting, whatever it is, that thing matters, but not as much as it matters how you make people feel. Mm. If you have, if I need a glass of water and I'm the thirstiest person in the world, but I hate you. I will not take a bottle of water from you because there, if there's something wrong about you, something where I don't, you know, I just despise you. I think you're a bad person. I won't, you know, I wouldn't do it. It's that's a little dramatic, but if you build relationships throughout your career, you think about on the other end and the, like the account that you're serving or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that's not an account. That's a person. Going back to kind of the Stuzo days, and and you know, I, I'll I kind of go back to it a lot because it helped shape a lot of my career. I feel like that was a real launching pad from like I don't know what I'm doing to like I kind of think I know where I'm going. Right. Um, was you had myself and Jed who were like 24 in shorts and t-shirts in our office on the phone with um adults, you know, real adults, 40 year olds. 45-year-olds. Couldn't believe I'm talking to them because they're so mature. And on the other end, I realized at a certain point, I'm talking to someone who is terrified of social media. They've built an entire career. And now this new thing came along and they don't get it. And they could only get on Facebook for like the last year. So this thing that's sweeping the world, they have no knowledge of. And they're coming to us 24 year olds, 25 year olds who can't wait till it's, you know, six o'clock so we can go to happy hour to really save their careers. They they don't need the newest idea for true blood. That's not what they care about. They're not worried about the next season of, you know, of boardwalk empire. They're really worried about, am I going to get laid off? Cause we're just coming out of a recession. We're just getting jobs back. And now there's this whole new thing I have to learn. So when I realized like, there's just people looking for help. Like that's all that your clients are. They're looking for help. You were there to help them. If you make that person to person connection and you empathize with them, you will do more good for them and they will appreciate it. I mean, I like the focus on, you know, the, the empathetic listening and, you know, th- that exercise that you were talking about with Bart Simpson. I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's magical. I mean, if you think about everyone listening, doing that for your persona or doing it for your bit product or service, that's, that's got to open ideas and got to open uh, doors for other other campaigns to launch. Um, when you think about the time you spent freelancing, was it wild, wild west? Because, you know, I think everything's cyclical when it comes to what you just said. Uh, executive needs to figure out X. And it used to be, it was paid search. It was SEO. It was web design. It was UX. It was social media. Now, social media has so many different flavors to it that, you know, it's the cycles of learning something that is quote unquote new. But when you were freelancing, it sounds like there was a there was a, a period of time there that, you know, all you had to say is that you're someone who has experience in social media with brand X, Y, and Z. 
and someone's ready to give you some money. Was it was it that easy to freelance yes. at that point? Yeah. 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 So uh the first place I freelanced, the Conrad Group, it was someone who was an early advisor and investor to them, was also an early advisor and investor in Stuzo. Mm-hmm. And so hey, here you're, you know, you're looking to make a move. I'm advising somewhere else. I can see what you can do. All I have to do is tell them, you know, Papa John's, HBO, you know, start naming some brands. I had a maybe like a nine slide PowerPoint of the work that I had done. And it was really just screen grabs of stuff. And people will at that time. Yeah. People would to a certain extent back the Brinks truck up with no health insurance. <laughs> as long as you didn't need health insurance, yeah. you know, it, it, it made it the easiest thing to go from making, you know, 75,000 to making a hundred thousand, 120,000, you know, whatever it may be. And now you've got that number that you're working off of that helps then jump when you go to go somewhere full time. Yep. So the, the learning I hear here is that if you're someone building your career early on, the importance of having some strong logos on your resume, it's not a must have, but it can certainly do some some good for you down the road. Like you're saying, you position yourself as someone that worked on the household name, whether they, that was the name of the company that you worked for that was part of the agency where you did a little bit of the campaign to help that brand. But that matters, right? The, the, the decisions you're making about where you work matters, not just for the job you're in, but for the next three jobs that you take. And it sounds like that helped you out tremendously. Um, and then the other thing, when I think about the, the career steps that you were taking was the focus on the independent contributor. So, you know, what's the tip for the the person listening that's that's saying, yeah, that's just like me because, yeah, I'd like to work on a team, but I don't like to be managing the team. You know, what was the thing that kept you focused on, you know, always protecting your ability to be an independent contributor? Hmm. So I've just, I've kind of always wanted to be the guy. When I was, you know, eight, I I wanted to pitch. You know, when I played baseball, I wanted to be a pitcher. Played football, I wanted to be the quarterback. I wanted the ball in my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have an athletic background growing up. I always wanted the ball in my hands with, you know, five seconds left on the clock. And some people can pass the ball with five seconds left to a guy who's wide open, who can make that decision and go wide open. Yep. Some of us can't. And I, I recognized very early that I have a hard time doing that. I have no problem giving credit. I love when I can contribute with other teams. I love when I can contribute on you know my team. But when it came down to managing and asking, you know, answering to other people's maybe shortcomings, I had a hard, I had a difficult time doing that uh, because I also can't pass the buck down. Mm. So I would just I would. I would let, I, I guess, you know, crap rolls downhill. I'd let it roll uphill sometimes and say, you know, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll eat this, I'll eat this. And I never really learned. And maybe I didn't just, I just didn't have good management training to to do it, uh, which, you know, maybe a shortcoming in my skill set. But, you know, I, I want to show up every day, do my job, do it well, make a difference for my clients, for my company. But I also like to unplug. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, very important that in people's careers, if what you do for a living is the most interesting thing about you and you're not Lady Gaga, you probably lead a somewhat boring life. Um, early in my career, 
I was intimidated by the meetings I'd been, you know, I talk, I'm, I'm talking 40 year olds here, Eric, 40 year old men. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm, you know, right. now I'm 36 and I couldn't imagine having a conversation the other way. But what I did was I decided so that I could dominate these meetings and things that, uh, that are on topics that I know better than the people I'm talking to. Yep. I started doing stand up comedy. Nice. I, I started going to open mics and said, I can, if I can get up there and tell five minutes of whatever weird thoughts that I have and make people laugh, I can present any statistic, any metric, anything that I know more about. I brought the slides to the meeting. I think it's a big thing people need to remember, especially when they're dealing with clients. So you brought the slides, you made them, you know this. Um, and that's just how I instilled that in myself. And then I took the opportunity that when I would travel for work, I'm in Milwaukee on a Tuesday. I could watch Sports Center for the fourth time in my hotel. Yep. I could go see how my born and raised in New York, spent a lot of time in Philly, very Northeast, like how my temperament works. You can learn about people that way from you know all over the country, all over the world. And I feel like that's very much helped me. And I can only imagine that coming in handy when you're you're running those meetings and it's a it's a stiff room. It's it's very, you know. Whatever the topic is, someone's in a good mood, bad mood, whatever it is, you know, here goes Jack flipping on his uh, stand up comedy yeah. routine to let I mean, the you room and just kind of make a break and, and get people to to relax a little bit. Yeah. I, so if you think about it, you know, anyone who's listening, if you're into comedy, you think of if you're into stand up, your best stand up comics will tell a bunch of jokes over the course of whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. And then normally at the very end of that set, if you're watching a special, they're going to make some reference to something that they said four minutes into this hour. That is the same to me as presenting to a client and then you're four slides in and they go, wait, but I have a question. They ask their question and you hit the button for the next slide and it's there. You've answered the question ahead of them. That is you have, I'm getting excited just talking about it. You have full control of that room. You have control of everybody's emotions, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, how they're taking in information, how they're processing that information. Uh, and I got a lot of that from doing, you know, from doing stand up, from doing podcasts, from doing things in entertainment. Uh, so that when you walk into that stiff room, when you walk into someone who's, you know, of a different background, whether it be where they're from, their religion, their political views nowadays. I can boil things down to like what's something that's going to make you smile because there was a commercial like last year, maybe before it was before COVID and I forget what it was for. I think it was for like Lowe's or something like that, but it was just, it doesn't matter what you say to people. It matters how you make them feel. Yep. Now it doesn't totally not matter what you say to people, but it does matter how you make them feel your clients. Are they excited to have a meeting with you? I like to think mine are. Mm-hmm. I think I like to think that they go, what do I have this week? You know, and in the normal world, like, oh, Jack's coming in on Tuesday, you know, whether it's and for some of them, like I learn, I don't know, what do you like to eat? Maybe I'm bringing in donuts. Maybe I'm bringing in lunch. Maybe we're going for drinks after, Um, you know, when I was at TMP, we were in New York. We had fourth row seats for the Yankees. I went, you know, I bring my clients. I'd bring other people's clients. I'm a, a big Yankees fan. So that became my thing. CEO ring me up and say, Hey, we've got whatever account going, their account person's going also need you to go. What are, what are you doing now in the virtual world with that, that 
uh, arsenal of tactics in person for the games, the seats, the 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 suites, all those things aren't aren't there yet. Any yeah. T- any tips on how to have that same connection but doing it virtually? Well, depending on where you're working. So Okta does a great job of creating opportunities for us. Like we have a St. Patrick's Day beer tasting webinar thing coming up. So I was able to get my clients signed up to like, hey, we'll send beer to your house. We'll have, you know, this fun experience. Uh, and, and that helps bridge the gap some. Yep. Uh, some of it is like my client, for me personally, and there are people who it doesn't work on. They don't necessarily love it, but I'm not doing anything malicious. So they kind of will deal with it. But like my clients know a lot about what's going on in my life. I just moved. They know I'm moving. Mm-hmm. They know I'm going on. I think it helps. You know, you got to create empathy the other way. Like, hey, if I need an extra couple minutes for an email, I have a one-year-old and I'm moving in a pandemic. So, you know, you kind of create those, you know, those per, you know, those those personal connections. And when, you know, someone's going on vacation, like that's how I can do it now. It's like, oh, you're going to well, where are you going? Oh, you're going to Hershey. And if I can, I mean, if God like I'm blessed if they're going somewhere where I know anything about it. If I can give you one restaurant tip or, you know, anything like that, like that's where I try to, to bring it. Got it. So let me focus in on the, your experience recruiting of TMP. I mean, obviously just the nature of that position, that business, you're right. It was a recruiting uh, company, recruiting, recruitment, advertising. It, It is a niche. And I'm sure you saw things, heard some things and picked up some tips on, just the process of interviewing. So our audience is uh, in the process of looking for jobs, the first job, their next job, their next promotion. What's the biggest tip you can share when it comes to interviewing from the recruiter's side, right? So um, what do you wish everyone should know as they go about looking at job applications or trying to game the system? So, I didn't deal a ton with like specific, like recruiting, like interview questions. But what I can tell you is you, you are going to want to, if you're looking for a new job, uh, you know, you're going externally outside your company, utilize LinkedIn, utilize indeed, indeed aggregates every job from all over. They're, they're great platforms, but what you, what will separate you is how you can utilize the information that's totally free on the internet and the connections that you have to separate yourself. Because if it's a great job that you're dying to have, guess what? So are a ton of other people. So the difference could be between you getting the job or not getting a job or even getting the interview is see who posted it on LinkedIn, see what connections you have there, utilize the technology that's available to push in every door you can because someone else is doing it. It's like that Michael Jordan, you know, someone's always working harder than you. Mm-hmm. Someone's always w- willing to, to go one step further. They're willing to send that incom- uncomfortable email, LinkedIn message, uncomfortably ask a friend of a friend to make an introduction. And you may not get the job, but you may have made another connection with someone who recruits, someone who gives out jobs. If you can make a connection with another one of those job fairies, whether it's at this company, the next company they're at a year from now, five years down the line, you've opened that network up and you can use technology to help you. Like the power of the internet is amazing. You're right. And I love the the tip on 
such free information. If you spent 15 minutes, 20 minutes just researching somebody's background, there's a lot of information. Uh, no one's safe, right? There's always something out there, whether it's the previous job of the hiring manager and where they work, where they went to school, beyond LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, and that's great tips. That is gold sitting there waiting for people to appropriately use uh, to stand out. So, that's- and yeah, I mean, there's stuff like, you know, LinkedIn premium stuff that's not free. You get your free month. I, I still have my free month. I've never used it. So if I ever get into like a hard, real hard spot, I've got my free month. Got it. So, so thinking of career path here, you know, where, where is Jack in the next stage of his career path? Is it still at Okta? Is it try to do your own thing again? Where do you see yourself in your next, next stop? Of your career path? Oh, well, I do have plans to win the Powerball. Mm-hmm. They're very loose plans, but they're plans. The thing is, right. I keep buying the tickets for my wife for like anniversary, birthday, you know, like an extra thing. Sure. And then she doesn't have the decency to win. So, you know, if I have to keep working. So I love Okta. Okta is um, the best, like career wise, best job I've ever had. Suzo was the most fun, but this has been the, the best job I've had. Uh, I came in at a great time before we we're really, we've really exploded over the last couple of years. Um, equity has been very nice and, and all of those things. So I don't have any plans to leave Okta, but I, you know, we're only as faithful as our next best option. My last name's not Okta. You know, I'm not, you know, Papa Okta didn't, you know, didn't, uh, you know, make the company. It's not the family business. Sure. So I'd like to keep innovating. So now going back to early in my career, I'm almost that 40-year-old on the other side. Yeah. I'm almost that 45-year-old. I'm always worried about what is going to come along that I don't understand, I can't understand, and how do I figure out how to understand it? You know, whether it's whether it's TikTok or you know, something like that, where you know that's you know a microcosm of the the larger landscape. But you know, what is that? How can I stay on top of that? So, you know, I I like. And this is a thing, another thing that stuck with me that your partner Jed said. We had to do a thing, an exercise one time. It was like ice breaking things with another mm-hmm. team where it was like, say something to describe another person. And one thing that Jed said about me, uh, he was, Jack really likes the beginning of things. And I do. I like rolling up my sleeves in a smaller company. And, you know, maybe, you know, a startup type atmosphere, whether they're truly a startup or they could be, you know, further along in the process, but you need that startup mentality. Uh, I like defining process, not following process. There you go. I like creating the process by solving problems, rolling up our sleeves and figuring out what is the best way to get the the end result. So I'll go anywhere that has that opportunity. Um, But, you know, outside of that, you know, I, I think it's important that People have different interests, whether you're in a band, whether you write a blog, whether you do a podcast like this. I have been a writer at Barstool Sports. I've done numerous podcasts. I do a podcast now about the Yankees. I do a web series about food at uh, Major League Baseball stadiums and some minor leagues. Um, And I also, uh, 15 months or so ago, I saved a dog and made like global news. And now I'm working on a children's book um, on on adopting and acceptance and, and all of those things. So I try to stay diversified so that one, I have a lot of options in my career, in my life, uh, but also all those things fall back to the career path that I'm on to make me interesting. Yep. Yep. 
because those things will come in handy as you pursue whatever falls in front of you your next opportunity. I love it. I think the most difficult thing in life is to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, so, so career path, good, good overview here on Jack's career path. A lot of good tips here to take into account as you continue down your career path. So we're going to take a quick break here, uh, come back, and we're going to get into a little day in the life on what it's like to work uh, in uh, customer success. Now, this episode of the Market Careers Podcast is sponsored by HRF's Webmaster Tools. Now, as marketers, we know that knowledge is power when it comes to finding ways to, to grow your business. And every marketer has their favorite tool to get that intelligence, to get the insight, but it often comes with that hefty uh, or confusing pricing model. Now, if you're a marketer, you've heard of the tool, the SEO tool, HRFs, right? But you, did you know that they now offer access to their main site research products for free? All you need to do is go to hrefs.com slash AWT, and you can access all the power of their site audit and site explorer tools for nothing, for free. So uh, there's even a great walkthrough video when you get there. I'll walk you through and tell you how to get started in, in minutes. Now, listen, this tool goes way beyond what you can get in Google Search Console, and you're unlocking insights for your site that will help you be successful, be more competitive. And listen, the HRS Webmaster Tools aren't just for the SEO team, right? So the content marketing team are going to use this tool to find the right trending topics, key terms, understand how to drive more traffic of the right traffic to your web content. Social media teams can identify which content is actually getting the most earned media and engagement. So, hey, the marketing manager, right? It's time to empower your teams. Let them start making more strategic decisions with Ahrefs for free. And remember, listen, Ahrefs, you don't have to be an SEO pro to rank higher and get more of the right traffic. So get started right now at hrefs.com forward slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, we're back here with Jack Jokinen, and we're talking about a day in the life for a customer success manager. So Jack, you're at Okta, uh, you know, weekend's over, it's Monday, you look at your calendar uh, for the week, you know, I know it depends. That's that's the easy answer. But what is it that you're doing in this role where you've got big name clients, you've got probably big name or I should say big quotas to hit? Uh, what does it look like in a given week? Um, so I try to have one or two monthly meetings scheduled with my clients. And when I say monthly, sometimes they happen monthly. Sometimes it's every other month. People have different schedules, com- you know, competitive needs. And there's only so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. To, you know, there's so much time in the day and so many clients. How can I get around to, you know, everyone gets a, a slice of the pie of my time. So I really, I, I look at the calendar and say, yeah. And a lot of this probably happens on Friday afternoon of like, all right, what's next week? What do I have to build a deck from? What do I have to build a deck for? How many of those decks have to come from scratch? Yeah. How many of those are, you know, repurposed, updated, changed around? Where can I pull from? You know, don't reinvent the wheel every, uh, you know, your, your company is someone who could do that for you. Um, so figuring that out so I can balance out the workload, figuring out where I can be proactive. So a lot of that stuff is, hey, I'm going to, you know, do this presentation. We're going to talk about metrics, buffer in some time for after every meeting that there are going to be follow ups that I'm going to have to at least get the ball rolling on so I don't forget about them. Uh, and then. But trying to find in like a mix of trainings, 
you know, what trainings can I take or what do we have going on? You know, our, you know, at Okta, our fiscal started in February. So we have all the kickoffs, right. sales kickoff, c- company kickoff, customer success kickoff. And sometimes depending on your role, you, some people think it's a burden. Some people think it's a, a good thing. You know, you get invited to things outside of the scope of your job. Uh, when you get invited to those things, like I said, for some people, it's a burden for some people. It's you got invited there for a reason. Now it takes up more time on your calendar. You're, you know, so I try to see what other parts of the business are doing and try to try to mix that in. So, you know, in, in kind of constructing my schedule, it's, these are things that have to happen that can't move the, the meetings, the monthlies, the quarterlies. Here are the things that I'd like to squeeze in there that are, you know, trainings, how can I better value, you know, elevate myself? And then what out of those things can I proactively bring back to my clients? Because it, it's just, it's answering the question on the next slide. How can I do that? How can I say, hey, here's a brand new thing that maybe you're not thinking of, because that's the real value. That's when people, you know, going back to the feeling is, yeah, the, the software is great. But if I've armed somebody with an answer to a question they haven't been asked by their CIO, CTO, whatever it may be yet, I've I've won a fan for life by doing that. So you're trying to find a, a, a mix of scheduling all of that out, interacting with other teams, and then you need a buffer of fire. Things are going to, we're talking yeah. technology, yep. we're talking people, things are, there's going to be a fire every day, every week, whether it's a, a brush fire you know, or, you know, a forest fire, or you're just, you know, sometimes someone just lit a bag of uh, a bag of dog poop on your doorstep on fire. Right. You're gonna stomp in it. You're gonna step in it. But you'll figure your way out of it. Right. Um. And, and so it's really just trying to to mix all that together and come out at the end of the week saying like, all right, I was productive. Um. Now, when it comes to you know, obviously, you're doing a lot of work with clients, but you know, cross-functionally, right? So independent contributor means that you're working, uh, you have to work with other departments, other skill sets, other specialties uh, in other team members. You know, who is it that you're working with the most uh, as a, you know, cross-functional team? Uh, I, I work a lot with customer support. So if, you know, something isn't, you know, working, I I don't have the technical expertise or the time to you know, go in and manually fix that. So there's support. So spend a lot of time working with support because, you know, whether it's a support issue or it's you know just an account in general and, and what they're spending. Like some are spending a million dollars with you, some are spending five thousand dollars with you, depending on what you do and where you are. But every dollar means the world to that account. Like that, the five thousand dollars is a million dollars to them. The support ticket that isn't really a big deal is a huge deal to them because they opened it. Right. And so it's working with departments that may not have the people skills that someone in a customer facing role has, uh, or someone who's very customer facing has, and trying to work on those soft skills with them, make them feel valuable for the work that they're doing. You know, Sometimes you're making excuses for rude clients. Sometimes you're making excuses for rude support people, right. and you're kind of playing that back and forth. My, um, you know, my job description is, you know, that I tell people, I'm the voice of Okta to my clients, and the voice of my clients back to Okta. So whether that's support, whether that's product, and we need enhancements, um, or it's 
hey, here's what's new, what's next, here's what you should be doing. Right. Like that's I walk that tightrope back and forth. Now, for somebody who's very intrigued by this sort of position, and um, I always know when working with marketers, especially the ones coming right out of college or early stage, that are just great people person, people, people, right? So they know how to engage, they they know how to hold a conversation, and it's just something that's innate with them. And this this path to me seems like a great fit for for people that have that sort of uh, innate skill. So for this kind of role, you know, uh, being the voice out to the clients and back into the company, what's the need to have skill set? What's the nice to have skill set when it comes to someone being successful in this role? I think uh, the need to have is empathy. It's a soft skills. It's just, you know, trying to figure out what makes the person on the other end of the phone, the other end of the email tick. Um, You have to have good organizational skills because it's very easy for things to fall through the cracks. And now that may be that you follow a calendar exactly and you have the process of how you put things on a shared drive and naming conventions and all of that. You may, you can also do that by being a person who has a cluttered desk and who <laughs> says, I know where everything is. Yeah. I got a process. You, I got a process. Yeah. I've got a process. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be the first person. You can't be the second one. Maybe you could be a blending of the two. So you can work with other people. Um, but you have to find a way to be, you know, very organized for yourself, manage your calendar, manage your time, because outside of work, like you need, you need to manage your time, especially in an individual contributor role, you have to manage your time so that you have the freedom to do the things that make you happy. Otherwise, what are you, you know, what are you working for? So finding that balance is good. The nice to haves are, you know, actually be very personable and interesting. Uh, I mean, I've met a lot of people who who aren't, you know, who it's just that it's not their strongest skill set. They may be the most organized person in the world, and that's what makes them thrive in that role. Right. Um, they're very attention to detail, and that's enough to, you know, to, to carry you in right. that role. I don't know if your clients are thrilled to hear from you or see you or, you know, I'm um, going to have a five minute call and they know it's going to go a half hour um, about nothing. Right. But if you could find a balance and you could do that, like uh, it's the biggest thing that I tell people when they ask me for advice is just like, is just be interesting, have something else going on. Because if all you are is an account manager and a resource for this one thing, to this person, then that's all you are. You're hardly even a person. Mm-hmm. You might as well be Wikipedia. You can do one thing on Wikipedia. That's all it is. So, so it sounds like you know someone who's an empathetic introvert but organized could be successful. May not be the most interesting person, yeah. but they can they can get it done. Versus, yeah. again, got to be empathetic, but being the empathetic uh, extrovert that's a little messy still could be successful in this role because you're you're. You're leaning in the empathy, which is key, uh, and you can be interesting. But if you're not organized, okay, you know you'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I so I'm a big uh, per, well, not anymore. But when I was a kid, I was a huge professional wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and all of my partnerships. Uh, so I read <laughs> this is a great. I read an interview with Vince McMahon in Playboy like forever ago, and he said that when he got married. To his wife, he said, I can't tell you it's always going to be great, but it's always going to be interesting. <laughs> I 
when I gave my wife a wedding gift before we got married, it was a card. That's what I wrote in it. That's how I treat all my relationships. It's not always going to be great. I can't promise you it's going to be great because there are things outside my control. We're talking about technology, talking about different teams, but we're going to make it interesting. We're going to get there. We're going to make it work. Um, And if sometimes I could joke my way through it, sometimes I'm rolling my sleeves up to get through it. Sometimes it's a, you know, most of the time it's a combination of the two, but we're going to get through it. Um, And I like to make sure that everyone who I'm working with feels that like, I I truly do have your back. We're going to, if you have my back, I have your back. We'll get through this together. We're a team. Nice. So independent contributors, especially in your role, who's your direct manager? Who do you report to? I report to uh, uh, just a manager who manages like six of me. Okay. You know, he used to do what I do. He manages now six of us. He reports to a guy who used to do what I do and then manage like six of us. And now he manages like six of them who manage six <laughs> of us. Um, and, so, you know, and it's a path that, you know, I've looked at. It's a path that I've been asked, yeah. you know, hey, we have an opening. Do you want to? do this. And you've got to find a delicate way to say no too. That's the other thing. Like I, I get on the calls. I have the, the initial meetings. I go, all right, what's going on? And, you know, and then I just flat out say like, to me, it doesn't scratch and it. To me, it feels like a 10% raise for 50% increase in stress. And then I can't go to baseball games or I, I don't have enough time with my kid. I get, you know, I can't write a kid's book. Right. It's all about the balance there. So, you know, I'm just curious in your tips for managing up, right? So you have anyone that has a manager, uh, even if you're just starting as an intern, has the opportunity to manage up. So in your experience, because you've been on both sides of this, what's the tip for managing up so that, you know, uh, regardless of your role, uh, you don't just, you're not just sitting there taking it from whoever is uh, in charge of your your, uh, professional development? Yes. So... When you need help, right? So when, when, what I, so I'm a different dude. I don't know. You know, I haven't listened to every podcast that you've done. I've listened to some, I tend to be when people meet me, especially professionally, like I'm a different kind of cat. And it's a thing that, especially in my career at Okta has been, I've had four managers just because we're a growing company, things shift and people who all my managers have known me before, but haven't managed me. And there's always a question like, so what's, what's Jack like though? You know, when it comes down to doing the work, he's a fun guy in our media stuff. But when it comes down, like, what's it like? And everyone says, just kind of stay out of his way. And when he comes to you for help, he really needs help. And that's what I tell to, to all of my managers. I say, listen, just let me cook. I'm going to do good. You could look at all the metrics. It's all going to come out. Well, you're going to end up giving me CSM of the quarter at some point. I'm not going to ask for a lot. I'll probably try to cancel a lot of our one-on-ones, but when I add you to an email or if I directly like call you, I need help. This is that's, uh, and I lay that out. Like that's, I'm not going to come to you just like, Hey, help me. So to get yourself to that position, if that's where you want to be, or if you want to be a manager, my biggest suggestion managing up is when you need help, when you need something changed, you don't just say, Hey, here's the problem I'm in. You don't say, Hey, I don't like the way this is. I just want it to be different. Come with a, a solution to a problem. Now, if it's I'm having a hard time with a client, uh, I'm having a hard time with this process, I can't get this person on another team who I'm relying on. Uh, you know, you come, so here's the situation. Here's what I think would work. And then a good manager, and I can't promise everyone's gonna have a good manager, 
will respond to that by either saying like, oh, that's perfect. Or, hey, how about we tweak it this way? How about we, you know, I I can reach out to this person, whatever it may be. Uh, And now you're learning. But at the same time, when you're not uh, a factor in the decisions for change or whatever it may be, ask questions. Just ask like, hey, I noticed like we're changing. What's you know, what's the reason, you know, I'm just trying to learn, you know, why we thought about that, because those people have, you know, the good ones have good experience and there's a good reason for why they're doing it. And it also helps you you kind of suss out like, who's just a bad manager, who's not really great at this, but like, Hey, they've got this far and it helps you figure out then what makes them tick. So you can kind of leapfrog them if you want. But or not be them and be a better manager. Correct. Right. You're, you're building your profile of who to be like or who not to be like uh, based on what's what's working or, or what your your style is. But coming with solutions is, is definitely a great recommendation so that you're not just the complainer, uh, regardless of, you know, whether whatever the context is. But you, know, you want to be somebody who wants to help, uh, you know, by providing solutions and asking good questions. Um, good stuff. So, uh, Jack's walked us through day in the life, what it's like to work in this role, customer success manager, a lot of great tips here when it comes to, you know, being successful in this role and things to keep in mind, uh, where can people find you Where can people connect with you if they want to, you know, maybe pick your brain some more on some tips or have other questions about customer success roles. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn.com backslash in Jack Jokinen, J A C K J O K I N E N. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, add me there. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I think if you just like search for me, you'll probably find a couple things, but I am JJ from the Bronx. Uh, I used to have Jack Jokinen professional. I probably haven't tweeted since like my Stuzo days when yeah. Jed was trying to tell us Stuzo is going to be a th- uh, uh, Twitter is going to be a thing. You need to get on it. And I was like, dude, I don't have time for that. Now I'm addicted to it. Um, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, I'm not really talking my career, but like it's a place where if you want to have some laughs, if you like baseball, um, if you like me uh, making fun of Donald Trump, like those are all good, good places, good content that you're going to get there. Uh, you can, yeah, but you can find me there. You can reach out to me, DM me. I'm on Instagram. Um, but definitely, you know, if it's professional and you want to talk on LinkedIn, or if you see a job opening at Octa and you have a question or anything like that, uh, I'm happy to give as much advice as I can, you know, provided having the time I didn't have, I come from a background where my parents weren't college graduates, professionals in this. Like I was figuring a lot of it out on my own. And a lot of it was on, you know, the kindness of strangers, like people who became mentors for me and answered questions. And so I try to give that back as much as I can. Nice, Jack. I appreciate it. And I'll share links to all the ways to connect with you, as well as some of your other pursuits and other things you were mentioning earlier. Just want to make sure people get a good uh, perspective on all the things you have going on. And uh, we'll be happy to reach out with you. Uh, but yes, great tips here. And, and Jack, appreciate your time and uh, best of luck at Okta. Thank you. All right. A big thanks to Jack for joining us on this episode. A lot of great tips. Really enjoyed his uh, insights on time management, suggestions on time management, including some buffer time for those fires uh, in a given week because they're going to happen, definitely in a marketing position. The empathy mapping exercise was interesting. Uh, first, I'm never going to look at Bart Simpson the same way again, but um it's a great tactic to try if you want to learn more about your target audience. So, so look more into that. That's a great exercise to do. 
And on managing up, I love him going to his manager saying, hey, listen, just let me cook and I'll ask for help when I need it. So if you're looking to take steps to become an independent contributor, uh, set some of those expectations with your manager. Uh, Great tips there from Jack. Now, if you're still stuck in your marketing career, and we've been getting a lot of emails coming in um, for folks looking and reaching out for help. If you need help, you're stuck. You're looking for that first marketing job. You're looking for that next marketing job or you want to evolve into a management leadership role, let's talk. Let us help. Send us an email at connect at themarketinghelp.co. Again, connect at themarketinghelp.co. And again, until next time, this is your host, Eric Harbison. Remember, today's a great day to start advancing your marketing career.